all teachings, pointings, when it comes to this subject we're talking about, which isn't a subject, are contextual. The pointings or the words I use or the way I speak is something that really is only meant for the moment. It's not meant to hang on to, conceptualize, and certainly I don't intend people to remember a certain term I use and then compare it to another term, whether it's in doctrine, whether it's a term another teacher uses, another non-dual speaker or whatever, and then compare the two and say which one is more accurate, which one's right, or essentially just get up in their head about what's the right term for something. So uh, I'm basing this on just a, a handful of comments and questions I've gotten over the last few days, and uh, it doesn't <laughs> doesn't upset me or anything. But I notice when there's patterns like this, sometimes it just um, uh, instinctually leads me to to speak to it or make a video about it. So especially labels, um, whether a label is emptiness or whether it's nothingness or whether it's awareness or consciousness or whether it's interconnectedness or unity consciousness or unity or anything, Buddha nature, Buddha dharma, dharmakaya, um, enlightenment, liberation, awakening. Just understand that I'm never really intending, I'm, I'm actually never intending you to suddenly convince uh, yourself, oh, I've got it, I know what that means, and then hold on to the term itself and carry it with you like some kind of orienting principle. I really never really intend to do that. So even if it seems like I am, I'm not. Uh, and, and there's an important reason for this, and it's not to be slippery, and it's not to um, shy away from precision of terminology and pointing, but it's because that tendency of the mind to orient itself to what it thinks it knows, to a certain view, a certain frame of reference, that tendency itself is sort of the framework or the underlying uh, movement of mind that keeps us re-identifying back into thoughts. It's easy enough with a little practice and a bit of insight into what is actually meant by this to uh, disidentify from thoughts, to see that in an ongoing way, especially when you're sitting in meditation, concentration, or inquiry, uh, that those one thoughts that tend to recur in the mind, those are just thoughts. And then the background thought that says, oh, this is meditation, this is peaceful, uh, that's also a thought. And then often the deeper thoughts, the deeper perceptual um, framing thoughts, like I'm here and there's stuff over there, or I'm experiencing, I'm the experiencer, even of some mind-altering psychedelic uh, experience, even an experience of ego death. is still an experience if there's the sense of an experiencer there hiding in the background. So even to see that's a thought is not that difficult with some insight, certainly after one has had an initial shift in identity. With all that said, those types of thoughts 
aren't necessarily what hold the identifying uh, structure together, the identifying mechanism, the selfing mechanism. What holds it together is that tendency to form a starting place, to feel like, oh, I know where I am now. I feel safe in this, um, this framework, in this starting position. And that can take many forms. It can take the form of a certain type of practice. It can take, take the form of a uh, one uh, label. It can take the form of a group of people or a certain teacher. These are very subtle orientations, but that way that the mind tries to orient itself initially and then build on that framework a series of beliefs. That's what ultimately I'm undermining. So that is the reason that I discourage people from comparing definitions too often. Um, I can feel it when, when I'll get a message or an email from someone and, and says, hey, you use this term and in Buddhism, they don't use it that way. And do you think it's more like this or do you think it's more like that? And all I feel is like this person trying to hold on to a term, hold on to a, a word. It really comes down to that kind of simplicity. And it's not always obvious that's happening to the person, but that's what they're doing. They're trying to hold on to a word. What if you let go of that word? What if you let go of the word I said, and then you let go of the word that other person said, or you let go of the attachment to the doctrine that explains things a specific way? Because words are always pointers. I'm pointing to something that's not a thing. Um, I'm pointing to a possibility. I'm pointing to a truth that's alive right now in your experience. But the words I use to point to that don't matter, really. What matters is the feel of it. And then there's a feel to relinquishing, a feel to relinquishing everything, not just concepts, but that root, the life root, relinquishing that. And then what remains? We could say appearances remain, but why give it a label? So then we lean in. Very subtly, very gently, we lean in. We're not in the business anymore of disarming, letting go, releasing, because that happens automatically. It's built into this, in a sense. The letting go is endless. And then it's seen there's nothing to hold on to. And then it's seen that there's no one and nothing that can actually hold on at all. Now you just lean into that indeterminacy. But you're not doing it with labels or mind at all. It's instinctual here. So that's where I'm always pointing. <laughs>